Welcome to the In Pursuit Podcast. Here we aim to inspire, inform, and entertain. We explore the human side of the workplace life cycle, from education and career choice to employee engagement and organizational culture. From onboarding and retention to succession planning and separation, we dissect the latest trends and interview the top leaders changing the game through their impact, leadership, strategy, and operations. Whether you hail from the field of education, nonprofit, or business, you're sure to find nuggets of knowledge within these episodes. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Hicks. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the In Pursuit podcast. We're thrilled today to have Candace May with us. She's an international best-selling author of the book, Heaven Within, Restoring Wholeness for Better Leadership. She knows how, that to achieve and exceed goals, we must communicate and collaborate in a world-class level. An MSIT graduate with decades of corporate experience and inexhaustible love for life, Candace May spends her time now as a consultant, mentor, executive coach, workshop facilitator, and keynote speaker. Her passion for guiding people to discover, maximize, and lead with their strengths is palpable, and her experience and education only outmatch her energy. After 20 plus years as a senior project manager for corporate and higher educational institutions, she has developed expert cross-functional leadership, administrative, and teaching skills in a broad base of industries. A mother, grandmother, trainer, author, professional, liver of life, Candace May has the experience, education, and energy to help individuals and teams better their best. She lives on a working ranch in North San Diego County near her two daughters and three grandchildren. And in her free time, you can find her singing, dancing, and always sporting her favorite color, purple. I cannot wait to uh, engage in this interview. Thanks so much for being here. All right. Well, welcome and thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. I'm super excited, Melanie. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, start us off with the standard I put in front of every guest, which is tell us something about you that we did not just hear in your bio. Okay. Uh, well, I'm the youngest of five. My dad was the youngest of 14 and my mom was an only child. Lots of polarity there. Yes. Wow. That must've been quite the shell shock for your mom, both, uh, becoming part of such a large family on your dad's side and then uh and obviously embracing it right if you if she uh moved forward yeah. now, that's such a big family total polarities uh, my dad didn't get past the third grade he grew up in the northern mountains of georgia my mom grew up in indiana and ended up with a master's degree and was a teacher oh my gosh polarities. Yeah. yeah they say that yin and yang um attract so maybe that's uh maybe that was their key to success right yeah, they were married 30 years, but um, it was a rocky road. I will say that. I will say that. Very opposite belief system uh, between the two. So um, the good thing is at the end, my dad accepted the Lord and ev everything turned out well. But, you know, it, it was uh, a life. And I grew up in the midst of two opposing viewpoints. So that really caused me to go inward, be introspective and decide what, what were my beliefs and, and how do I want to embrace humanity and individuals and, and my relationships with others. 
I love that. Actually, um, I touch on that in, in my upcoming book as well. And we're going to get to, to your book that's out right now um, in just a second. But I think that that's such a, um, just to, to pause and, and, and circle back to that for a second. I think that that um, self-discovery is such an important piece of really becoming kind of the full human that, that I think we're meant to be in this life, right? Which is not just accepting the, the kind of toolkit of beliefs that we are given at birth or somewhere along the line in our life, not just accepting it for face value, but really taking a moment to decide like what fits properly. What is the, what are the pieces of this that, that I truly believe in and not just because someone told me I should, but that I really buy into and what can I shed and say, that's, that's not really, you know, that doesn't align with, with where I am in, in life um, in general or in this chapter of life. Right. So that's a, it's such a, it's such great work, but it's also deep work and, and can be a challenge. Right. It is deep work and it's essential. We all have choices. That's, that's the one thing we have. We have our choices and too many of us go through life not even questioning anything. We just take on whatever we were told, whatever we grew up with is fact. Mm -hmm. And you can believe a lie and believe that it's the truth, right? And mm -hmm. you can live accordingly. So I think that is something we, we have a responsibility to. Whatever life throws at us, we may not be responsible for, we may be a victim. There may be other things that have happened. There may be, but we are responsible for how we respond. Right. And in the moment, we might not be able to respond in a healthy way. Right. Even if we're young or whatever. Right. But as we get older, we have that responsibility to take on and examine our life and see where where do we fall out? And in the business world is the same way. We we become an employer or we become a, a manager, a woman in leadership we have choices and we're responsible for those choices. How are we going to embrace the people around us? How are we going to teach them? You know, uh, maybe the environment's toxic. Am I going to carry on this toxicity or am I going to make change? Am I going to do something different? Right? So we're responsible for our choices. That's Absolutely. And I also believe that um, I have this really strong belief that this this phenomenon has been around forever, but it's really amplified in kind of the fast moving media and social media world that we live in. But this idea that we don't have to be locked into a single version of ourselves for our entire life, right? You can have chapters in life where you grow and you change and you evolve and you learn new things, which changes your perspective and allows you to see the world a little differently or to learn the lessons from past mistakes and do differently, right? And I, I think we, we sometimes become really attached to the labels that we place on ourselves, whether that be, you know, um, a certain career label or a mom label or a, a child labor or label or, or kind of whatever label we've attached our, to ourselves. And we find those hard to shed, especially if we in this kind of world of building personal brand, right, with, with social media. But I think it's really brave for those people who say, you know what, I did build a personal brand around X. But now I'm making a shift and I'm going to start again and I'm going to build in this way or I'm going to add on or whatever. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Reinventing yourself is critical. And, you know, I've done it numerous times throughout my my life and career. And it's so easy to get um, your identity from your job. Right. If, if you're especially if you're in a leadership role, you become uh, that becomes who you are or if you have great income that becomes who you are and you feel 
golden handcuffs. You've heard that term where you're, you've got so much income coming in that you've got a comfortable lifestyle. You're not happy maybe in the environment that you're in. You'd really love to do something more creative or something else, right? But you really don't feel you have a choice because you've hit this level of success in your identity and your income. And now this is who you are. And you have the freedom to make that choice. There will be sacrifices, right? Along the way. You Sometimes you have to give something up to become something else, right? You have mm-hmm. to alter. It's where you put your value, right? What, what do you value? Do you value that money and that lifestyle more than who you are and how much joy you're going to get out of doing something different? Does maybe sometimes when you shift gears, you have to even adjust to your income or something different, but um, to a lower status, but it maybe will open a higher potential, a higher ceiling. So you, you, you're climbing back up. Do you see what I mean? You're so your life is kind of like a roller coaster up and down, left and right to twists and turns. And the goal is to make wise decisions and stick, find your values and figure out who you are, what you enjoy, what, what you value most and let that lead your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Um, So let's hop in. Tell us about your book. Ah, Heaven Within, Restoring Wholeness for Better Leadership. Author named Candace May. And it's um, all about what we're talking about. It's all about those inner struggles and the choices that we have in life. And not just taking on whatever you've been told, but to uh, seek out the truth, right? And um, overcoming those challenges that we face is not about what life gives you, it's what you do with it. It's not what you know, it's what you do with what you know. And um, there, this is full of my personal stories, as well as uh, scientific facts and things of how the brain works and fight, flight, and fear. And um, how do you overcome abuse? Uh, what is your responsibility? You know, can you overcome it? Can you get out of that victim mentality? Uh, what What is the purpose of emotions? You know, why do you have emotions? How can they be a positive thing? A lot of people are afraid of emotions, especially in the workplace. No emotions, you know, let's, emotions right. have a purpose. And I think um, developing an awareness that the emotional intelligence is a, a life skill that we don't talk enough about. Mm-hmm. And there's four parts to that. That's the, the self-awareness of who you are and what your thoughts are and, and what's going on inside of you and the uh, realizing that feelings are actually sensations in the body. And when you can tap into those sensations and understand what's happening, you can have more awareness uh, to something someone said to you that's upsetting to you. And, you know, you, you're, we get so busy in life that we're busy. We don't even notice uh, the challenges that we're struggling with sometimes in our heads. And that's where the battle always is in our, in our thoughts. And it's our thoughts that cause that our reaction and our behaviors and anywhere in life and relationships at home, in the workplace, people react and they, they respond quickly and, Sometimes those are negative responses, right? But do you know why you reacted in that way? So self-awareness, being aware of that. 
leads to self-regulation, self-management, right? Being able to uh, better control yourself, better control the, your relationships with others, social awareness, what's going on with the people around you. Can you, can you tell when your employees are struggling? Checking with them, right? Having that connection uh, is important. It's, leadership is about confidence, connection, and character. All three of those. And so this book covers a whole range of those things, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of really great topics and a lot of topics you could dive in and write a whole book about. So uh, yeah, I think that that sounds like it's something for everyone. Yeah, it's a great book. Tell me and about- there's three workbooks that you can download also with the book. So getting this book, you actually get three books. There's a couple of workbooks to download that will give you more in-depth exercises that you can do. Great, where can people find it? Amazon. Amazon.com is the best place. It's also right. Target and Barnes and Noble, but Heaven Within, Restoring Wholeness for Better Leadership. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Find it on Amazon. I'll put the link directly to it in the show notes as well. Awesome. Uh, not that everyone can't use the search bar, but I like to just make it easy for people. Um, so tell, before we dive into some of the work that you do um, day to day, tell us a little bit about the writing process. Um, as an author myself, I um and also a publisher, I know exactly how hard it is to take ideas, even when you're super passionate about them, and actually turn them into a quality piece of work to put out into the world. So tell us a little bit about your process and and really your inspiration for writing the book and, and what drove you to, to want to put it into that format, that medium. That's a great question, Melanie. Um, my my writing process may be different than most other people. Some people They're set up a topic and they come up with their table of contents and then they structure their, their material. Uh, I was in a, a mentorship, a year-long mentorship program to advance my company. And one of the things that this program had was that you will write a book. I didn't set out to write the book. It was just an activity that was part of the program I was in. And um, the approach that they took for the, the, the writing was that we would kind of focus and channel, uh, you know, kind of our energy into something and kind of like creative writing in high school or college where you get your pen to paper and start writing and let's just let it flow. And so that's really how this book came about. Um, I've been praying about it. What am I going to, what am I going to write about? I had no idea. You know, I was not really pressed to have to write a book, but when it came down to writing, it just poured out. It just flowed freely. Like I was just, it was if it was as if my life was being laid out and all the experiences I had and experience I've gone through and things I learned and how these, these things I learned would come out things that I like, I like to teach my clients even. And then all of a sudden these stories from my past were popping up in my head and I was just capturing all of them. And it was a, an amazing process to me. And um, I felt as if the Lord was speaking to me with lessons and things that, that, that needed, I needed to be reassured of. And in that process, I heard this, this book will be published, right? It's, other people will, will tap into their own stories when they hear your stories Absolutely. and they'll be able to begin to appreciate some of the lessons or, or see that they have lessons if they took time to reflect. I think experiences aren't, aren't enough for us to learn from. I think it's the reflection on the experiences that we've gone through 
where the wisdom comes, right? You, we, there can be bad things that happen to us. There can be great things that happen to us. But it's when we go back and pause and look at them. What did I learn? What did I experience? What did I feel? What, how can I use this differently? How could I have changed that differently? How can I build on this to develop a deeper relationship with somebody? I think it's the reflection process that really is important that maybe most people don't do enough of. That's awesome. I really, I really appreciate that because there is, there is a lot to be said. I, I talk about, um, there's a story uh, in the book, Big Magic. I don't know if you've read it. It's an Elizabeth Gilbert book. Um, really wonderful. And she's actually quoting someone else who I never remember the name of. So I need to be better at quoting the right person, but I believe her name is, her last name is Ross. But anyway, she's talking about creativity and she pictures it like a tiger and creativity comes at you in three different ways. And either, uh, you know, in the, in the body of a tiger, it's either going to run at you and you're going to see it in advance and you're going to jump in its back and you're going to ride it because you're ready and you just want all that creativity to flow out of you. Or you're going to hesitate for a moment and then have a second guess and then grab onto its tail. And it's going to be a bumpier ride, but you're still going to get there. Um, or you're going to watch it fly right past you and just sort of dodge out of the way. And that idea just doesn't come back. If you don't grab it, it doesn't come back. And I think it's really powerful to put ourselves in positions where we can let creativity flow. And it sounds like this course that you did that was really about amplifying your business actually allowed this creativity tiger to come at you and gave you a platform for, and maybe it was grabbing the tail, as you mentioned, like you weren't really ready for it. How do you do this? But in the end, it all started to flow, right? Um, and I and I, I, I know that you're on. gonna help other people. Yeah, thank you. No, I, I think I jumped on. I don't think it was a tail. I, I, I am a reflective person and I had, been putting a lot of thought into things but just the way the book unfolded and how it uh revealed itself was amazing and um I did end up getting a, a publisher it's not self-published I, I got a publisher out of UK and I had someone first edit with me um and then so by the time I got it to the the publisher it was in in good form they just needed to maybe restructure some things and it became a, a bestseller when our, our you know bestseller campaign in six countries, the US, the UK, Australia, Germany, uh, uh, <clears throat> France, and uh, India. So I was pretty excited. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Yeah, when you look at a map and you see, wow, people from all of these countries have downloaded my book. This is, <laughs> this is amazing, right? But I love it. I love it. Um, Okay, so tell us, let's switch gears for just a minute and tell us a little bit about the work that you do when you're not writing. What are What is your business and how do you help organizations and individuals? So I do corporate training and uh, coaching. Uh, I say a business consultant because I will do consulting as well as we go. But um, I say I develop leadership that cares, right? And that's what's important to me, uh, that the workplaces... Um, are warm and welcoming, that people are being respected uh, and being allowed to work in their strength areas, right? That's important. Uh, when people come to work, they want to feel valued. They want to feel like they're contributing. And um, what is, why would an employer care about this, right? Why, why, why would they, why would they care to have a leadership that cares within their company? Because if you don't have a leadership that cares, if you don't have uh, a, a well-run working environment, you, you end up with toxicity. The culture of your company either is developed by design 
you've got values that you want to put in place and you're bringing people together. When two or more people are brought together, you're guaranteed to have conflict at some point. Yes. So how do you navigate that conflict? How do you get conflict resolution in a, in a good way so that we're growing rather than having anger in a wall and, and hoarding information, uh, blocking innovation, uh, teams working in silos, not sharing information, uh, roadblocks to completion. So there's all kinds of struggles in a company that that isn't designing the culture to be a growth environment where where people are embraced. And mm-hmm. you have to look for those things. It's a constant, it's not a one-time set up the culture, post the values on the wall and we're done. Hey, that's what we're going to do. It doesn't happen that way. Design and culture takes time and it takes continuing efforts, right? You have to seek out those things that are not in compliance and really work through them. So figuring out how to communicate with people in a way that is respectful and civil and kind, and you can have those hard conversations uh, to to stop the conflict, to resolve it. Otherwise, uh, things build. Somebody has been injured emotionally and they don't discuss it. And so a wall begins to build brick by brick. And then, and we have roadblocks, we have empire building in companies, right? That happen where, you know, it's going to be my way, right? And we have people who are not valued. So it's a huge, huge impact on the success of a business and the profitability, the lowering costs. If, if, the, if the environment is toxic enough, if there's enough frustration in the workplace, people are going to go out on, on sick leave, right? They're going to yeah. have, so employers absenteeism goes up their their insurance goes up right uh work's not getting done because people are sick or they're not talking to each other or there's redundancies because this department is working in a silo from this department over here and when they needed to share the information and they don't have to duplicate things they could be streamlining processes it all comes down to people and relationships that's what i do i go in and help them i love it what's your ideal client? How do, what is the kind of the, the, the size or the makeup or the, or the mission or whatever your parameters that you, that you prefer to work with? My, my, my heart is to work with women in leadership because I, I believe women have so much more capacity given to them, right? They have their, the family, their kids, their, their, the household, uh, they have uh, elderly parents and they have the workplace. There's a, a lot a lot of things that fall on the women. Men have these same things as well. Yes. But traditionally women are the ones who will take the time off work to handle all of these. How do you, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate the transitions? Challenges in life are going to happen, mm-hmm. but it's how we handle the transitions that matter. And so helping women in leadership through all the various transitions in life is, is really my joy. But um, the, so that's one of my ideal clients. The other uh, and helping them expand their 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 profession and their business. Uh, the other is executives, right? For a mid-sized company, um, one to fifty million dollars. Uh, Eleven to fifty is a sweet spot of employees. Uh, I say eleven to fifteen hundred. I have other consultants that can come in and work with me as we as we expand. Um, and then, of course, business owners, uh, obviously. So. Coaching with that leadership team is great because that's one-on-one and really everything begins and ends with the leadership, right? Is the leadership on board? 
they're going to be the ones to set the vision. They're going to be the ones to manage that culture, to really, to get things, um, inspire people to move into uh, their strength zone, allow that flexibility or not. Right. So that's critical. And then, and then working with the different members of the company and the teams uh, is the, is the second half. And there's different levels of training, whether it's just nurturing the entire team and, and building some basic communication skills and various elements. It's if identifying who potential, who has potential leadership, right? Because to expand your company, it's important to have people who are ready to step up into those leadership roles to expand. Otherwise you're ready to expand. You don't have anybody to really step up and lead. And then what? You're, you're stuck. And you can hire from outside, from within, and then you, and that's great. And, but it's also great to hire from within and bring it up. And there's challenges with both of those, bringing somebody in from the outside. They don't know your culture. They don't have an established relationship with the, 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 the employees already. So there's some four phases of a team, you know, it's always steps in where there's chaos, you know, coming in, getting to know each other, roadblocks, communication challenges, uh, you know, the storming, we call it, right? Sure. And yeah. uh, identifying those things, bringing somebody up within the company is a, is, a, is a different kind of a challenge because now you're taking somebody at a peer level and putting them up above their peer group. And there's the transition for them as to how do I step out from a peer relationship into a leadership role and how do I navigate those relationships? So helping new leaders, new supervisors grow in their leadership capacity is another, is another element of the training that sure. I would do. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. If you had to give kind of advice um, to organizations about about really assessing and and amplifying and, and bettering their culture, what would be some kind of high level, obviously very specific to what's happening at the organization at a deeper level, but but on a broad scale, what are some of the the similarities that you see across that organizations could just be aware of and take stock of and and improve? A common language. I think common language is essential. People have different connotations to words. So, so we could have five people in the room and have a conversation. And if we don't have a common language and, and association with words, we may each walk away with a different concept of how this might look or be implemented, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think we forget the importance of language, right? So what does the word trust mean? What is the word... Um, anything. We have to identify what does that look like every day as we set values for our company. Uh, are we living those values? Is it, We can set values in a company and say, we're socially aware, right? Oh, we're, we're worried about the community, right? When we have decisions to be made, are we following those values? Are they being implemented, right? We care about the environment, yet when we get rid of uh, processing things in the company, we're, we're not, we're not paying attention to the toxicity of the trash that we're, we're throwing away. That's mm -hmm. a violation of a value that we're saying we have, right? It might sound like a small thing, but it, it is actually a big thing because it shows people do what people see. And I think That's when true. we model that we're carrying out the values that we're stating, it's essential. So that's, that's one basic, but very big, deep impacting thing. Are, do we have those values identified? 
Is it simple enough that people can remember them? And how are our leaders within the company modeling that? You know, mm -hmm. how are we holding people accountable? And are we leading by example? Are we just saying, you need to do this? And, but I, not me, right? You do it. Right, right, exactly. You need to do this. Yeah, that's yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, other things are understanding what leadership role looks like, because I think there's an operational management and then there's a leadership function. And they're very different skill sets. Oftentimes people are promoted because they're competent. They're great salespeople, they're great engineers, they're great at something, right? A skill set. And so we say, you know, you're doing so well. I want you to, to lead everybody else. But then we don't teach them what that means. We don't teach them how do you connect with other people? How do you how do you figure out what motivates John and Jane and and, and Jack, right? because John and Jane and Jack may take different techniques to get them motivated, to get them moving. And that's a leadership quality, right? To be able to understand how to connect with people and how to communicate your vision in such a way that, that they're buying in. Because ultimately in leadership, you're responsible for the outcomes of your team, right? Absolutely, yeah. But as an individual contributor, you are responsible for your outcomes. You are responsible for your workloads. So if you're responsible for me and now I'm, and now I'm put into a leadership role and now I have to be responsible to manage everybody else's outcomes, I might not know how to do that. Right. 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 Well, as we start to wrap up, what else do you want people to know about you and your leadership or your business? Um, what would you like to leave people with? And also how can they get in touch with you? I would love to come speak at your company. I would love to come offer you a lunch and learn or something so you can get to know me and uh, experience the, 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 the power uh, of, of the leadership and the training. Uh, we know when we put coaching on top of training, there's an 80% retention rate right. for changed right. behavior. Too many times people go to training and they, it's an event. And, and they think, oh, two weeks later, we've kind of forgotten what we what the training was. So they they deprioritize the training. But so I think it's important that that as we're embracing training, we understand there's the more of a comprehensive approach. So um, he, best way to get to know me and maybe understand some of the things we do is go to Candace May, C-A-N-D-A-C-E-M-A-E dot -E com forward slash team dash leadership. Then there you'll find uh, a summary of a comprehensive leadership program I do and some videos of some testimonials at the bottom uh, from a customer who's experienced the power of, of the training and the coaching and the paradigm shift that happens. And um, all of the pieces are customized to, to companies. So this comprehensive approach is there, but I meet you where you are and I, and I develop something that's where your company is at and needs to be trained. Yeah, that would be what I'd like to leave them with. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, I know lots of organizations would love to have your energy uh, come in and help them be the best organization they can be. We know they, we know so many organizations need that kind of uh, that kind of support right now, especially in and the world that has changed a lot in the last three years. Right, we have a lot of changes that have taken place since the pandemic. Um, even our ideas of going 
quote unquote, back to normal are not really going back to normal. They're going, maybe we're recouping some of the things we once did, but everything has changed and that it's always good to have support in professional development and coaching to your point, that follow-up piece is critical. So um, hopefully that- The new normal. The new normal. So it's a transition, right? right? And we have a choice of how we want to embrace it. That's right. So Back I'm here to choices from our first conversation, um, which I love because we do all have choices. And um, here's to making more uh, positive and transformational choices in 2023. Absolutely. All yeah. right. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Ruby. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by hitting subscribe or providing a rating or review. And as always, how can we help you answer the question, what are you in pursuit of? Find out more at www.inpursuitresearch.org.